to the view from the North Curve, a fairly regular podcast. Well, not as regular as we would have liked over the last wee while, uh, but we're back now, covering all things North Curve Celtic. I'm your host, Kev, joined as usual by Tony and Mac. Again, um, we've got Connor in the background too. Hope everybody's keeping well and keeping safe. And a big thanks for tuning in again. This time around, we're diving back into our wee Green Brigade special that we were doing beforehand and giving giving everyone a better sort of insight into the history and the workings of the group. This time up, we'll be doing a sort of lockdown special covering the NHS stuff a couple of months back um, and into the more recent stuff like uh, Black Lives Matter, street sign actions and some more uh, recent political demonstrations that everybody will have seen. So, aye, uh, what we'll do is normal is dive into a wee quick break. Let myself and Mark and Tony get ready and we'll be back with you all in a wee minute. Cheers. So, Mac, last time around, or last time you were on, we were touching on the Ida Celtic stuff, and you were due to, due to come back on and sort of give us all an update how your trip went, obviously that's now up in the air, uh, but it was round about now the team and stuff were due to be going over, um, obviously a lot of fundraising and stuff happened for the, the marathon and different things, but do you want to come in and sort of give everybody a wee... No update, but as to what's what's happened over the last yeah. few years. Well, the the marathon was cancelled in the end because of the coronavirus situation, as you would understand. Uh, in the end, we raised about two thousand pounds from uh, that fundraiser for the for the marathon, which was great. So thanks very much to everybody who donated to that. But as well as that, we were doing other fundraising initiatives to raise the money which was to bring the Ida Celtic team from Bethlehem to London and then to Glasgow and then we were hoping to take them to Belfast as well. But obviously because of coronavirus everything just had to be cancelled in the end. As part of the fundraising what we had organised was a a t-shirt run. So some people might have bought the t-shirt or or seen it. We had a bit of an internal debate about the t-shirt because we had it sitting there ready to go on sale, but because we knew the tour wasn't happening anymore, we felt a bit shit to be selling this t-shirt advertising a tour which wasn't going to be taking place, plus the fact that a lot of people were financially disadvantaged because of the whole out of work situation, whether they be furlough or or lost their jobs, so we felt a bit bad asking people for for money at that time, but in the end we sort of came to a compromise and we put out this t-shirt at a cut a cut price, so it was only a fiver I think we sold it for in the end, with a postage on top of that. The t-shirt sold out in, in hours, which was was pretty yeah, mad, Aye, so that, that, that was amazing. So I mean in, in total what we raised was £5,325, so we sent that over to the Lagi Centre in May, and Basically, so that was a combination of the marathon fundraising, the t-shirt uh, run, and also other excess funds that we had from selling the football shirt. Uh, also, it is sort of part of that uh, donation. Basically, what we said to the Lagi Centre, who run Ida Celtic, essentially, was that these funds don't have to go specifically to Ida Celtic. Because obviously during the coronavirus situation, there's other areas within the refugee camp uh, more needing of, of the money at that time. So basically, the, the money was for them to, to spend on it as as they saw as they saw fit. Uh, the team weren't exactly active during that period. Well, some people were thinking they've not been active at all. Uh, they've not exactly seen a lot of updates coming back from them. Uh, not a lot of games, but. There was no like training sessions or anything like that because of social distancing. So that money just went to the Lagi Centre eh, to go to other sort of projects at that time. How bad was Palestine hit with the 
coronavirus that you do you know off the bat? See, to be honest, I, I think considering the poverty and aye, the, the poverty, the the healthcare infrastructure, eh, like the sort of population density, like the whole sort of array of like issues you could imagine for for Palestine, it's been not too bad. Eh, so I mean, I've saw pictures of the the refugee camp over the last couple of weeks, and it seems to be that people are back mixing. Uh, I know the Ida Celtic team are back training, so I mean that's kind of a positive sign. But then, on the other hand, I spoke to one of the boys just last week as well, and he was saying how it's still very sort of cagey, like it's all very uncertain. So it's probably similar to as it is here or, or anywhere else. So, Mike, you touched on in the last episode uh, about the, the team's games. You know, obviously, it was affected by everything that's going on the last wee while but when you touched on that they were actually struggling just to get games and fixtures in general but I'd seen a wee thing on social media where it was like the team was back playing or training like a training game or something I think it was and like the crowds and stuff in the stand Aye so they've been back training in June eh, I think maybe last week or, or two weeks ago they had a competitive match but it has been a slow burner, like we're gonna pretend otherwise. It's it's been difficult for them to get registered and get set up into a league. I think I touched upon it in the, the previous podcast in more detail. Like different kinda of levels of bureaucracy, even for that level of, of football, it's all a bit kinda of crazy. But aside from all that, the sort of main point of this Ida Celtic project is to keep sending funds over to these refugee kids in Ida refugee camp to play football, to have that sort of outlet. And, I mean, I've already touched upon it with the the specific fundraising that we've done recently, whereas whereby we sent over over five grand to the Lagi Centre. Even in, uh, before that, in February, we'd sent them two grand. So that's 7,300-odd pounds we've sent them from this year alone. Do you know what I mean? So... If, if we're able to keep that going, if we're able to sustain that, then it's it's a fantastic project and it's and it's something that we'll we'll, we'll keep pushing for. And obviously the, the updates are important and we're going to keep trying to get get that through to them and look for more content to keep people sort of engaged. But we have been raising like good sums of money for them and, and it's it's making a difference, which is the main thing. Just one last thing on Ida Celtic. Uh, some some of people listening will probably know uh, your man Salah, who is like basically the, the top guy at the Lagi Centre in Ida camp. Unfortunately, he's got cancer at the moment, and he's currently uh, in and out of hospital, going through his treatment. So it's just a. I mean, I, I don't know if he's going to be listening or, or not. Maybe, maybe he will be, but it's just to, to let him know and let everybody know that obviously we're, we're yeah, right behind him uh, every step of the way. So get well soon, Salah. Yeah. So, Troops, leading on from the Ida Celtic stuff, we'll dive back into the kind of group stuff that we were going to touch on. Uh, obviously going along well, podcasts were going along well and sort of came to a bit of a halt with obviously everything that was was happening and the lockdown and everything that struck just kind of stopped everything not just you know podcast wise but group wise obviously you know football and stuff like that as well uh, but a lot of stuff then kicked on from there obviously with the the NHS stuff and you know leading on to the other stuff that we touched on opening up this podcast but you know, I, I think it was kind of important that we kind of keep ourselves doing stuff Aye. as well because Obviously, when the lockdown happened, people react different ways. Yeah. People were losing jobs, people were furloughed, people kind of came to the fore, people took a step back, worried yeah. where our and family and different stuff like that. But um, as a group, I think it was quite important that a few people were pushing just to stay active because you didn't really want us to lay dormant for like, four months because obviously the big thing about the groups is the social side of it. Yeah which if that means coming together every week for the game or every second week for the home games or paint nights, coming to do podcasts, everything just completely hanged. And for some people, communication and meeting people for the group, it's apart from their work. Definitely. It might be one of their own outlets for cutting about with people. So I think it was important that 
we kind of didn't just stoke completely did but obviously there's only so much that you could do because of the restrictions yeah. but um it was the first thing that we done was a, when we saw the stuff happening in Italy Italy was up pretty bad kind of first one in Europe yeah in Bergamo, um, Bergamo and I think the one of the boys that deals with the merch stuff I think there's links with either he's Ferrer or else there's links for there or something so I think we gave a small donation to the hospital there yeah. and that was before the, U, the UK was bloated I don't know if we thought it's not going to touch us or I don't yeah. know naivety or just no expecting it or whatever but um, then when uh, it happened with us it was actually group no it was, it was section punters wasn't it I don't know if it was boys for the North actually in the North cover it was a, a few boys from section I eh, who started the whole NHS hamper appeal aye so basically what they started doing was making up hampers for NHS staff, so like your nurses, etc. And just filling it with luxuries and mm. like small essentials yeah. uh, for nurses, because obviously they were like working round the clock and crazy shifts. And uh, so part of these hampers they were putting in like, uh, like toiletries, like, like uh, shower gel, shampoos, face masks, uh, hand creams, because with the constant like, hand sanitising, uh, a lot of hands were getting rough apparently so lots of stuff like hand creams and then like a wee bottle of wine or a, a beer chocolates etc I think that's pretty good that it didn't come straight from the group just for because oh, we're always kind of talking about people putting their ideas forward but not even putting their ideas forward but actually taking the initiative Aye. that they don't need obviously we've got a big platform as a group you know what I mean but nobody kind of needs their own held no, definitely. it just shows you that people can charge ahead and do stuff and if we can help it and oh, well, it's great bring it to a bigger kind of audience Aye. it's great having the sort of North Curve platform for that to you know take something like that and help the boys that kick started it help them out and you know give it a I think, you know, the boost I think it's kind of important in order with the boys doing that I don't know whether they were influenced with stuff that was happening but obviously Spain was hit and Italy was hit yep. and different stuff like that but people were seeing online Various ultra groups, loads of groups, aye. Help me. I, I know in Bergamo, the, the boys from Atlanta oh, were pretty busy and um, they distributing food and different aye. stuff like that. They were actually kitting out hospitals and stuff as aye. well, weren't they? In Croatia, regardless of politics, kind of thing, like bad boy boys, the bad boy yeah. boys, they, there was a, an earthquake and they were actually taking punters out of hospitals aye. and different stuff like that. So I think probably no good thing referencing people with the politics yeah. in, but as in, in general, if we're talking about the North Curve and can I influence people and no educating people, but letting people know a wee bit more about the mentality of the yeah. scene that we're into, that it's not just 90 minutes like football, there's a whole kind of social thing there and Definitely. maybe with a lot of these two people it's a, a responsibility or two or they're sitting on yeah. and they've got a kind of civic pride and they feel that they've got to do that so they've got to do that stuff but they want to do that stuff and I, platform, think, I think that's the kind of way the group is at all know what I mean Aye, definitely no no obviously Celtic's the Irish club so there's not a massive Scottish pride kind of thing but yeah. there, there is a a civic pride in what we're doing not just try to help punters it I, I think the stuff as well the likes of the ethos of the support you know you just feel why, especially with the NHS stuff you know that way that you just feel Applies to help out in kind of any any way you can. I think that sort of speaks volumes. Of, you know, just the place that were kick started it, but just the sort of Celtic support as a kind of whole and the, the, the ideas and stuff that even as I was, as I was saying that there, and I was talking about the kind of civic pride that, that groups have got. I think that's something where we kind of differ, and maybe because it's Celtic because we food bank donations and the donations that we gave to the hospitals not there. That was country wide. Yeah. No, I mean, whereas a lot of this, these groups, so maybe stick, I couldn't go, go through every single group. I stick to them. But a lot of them stick to the rain yeah. city kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I've not even thought of that. Yeah, I was just Aye. rabbit and shit there. But, but you know, that's a good point because even you say that, although this NHS appeal, which started with a few guys and they were doing it for like local hospitals for staff that they yeah. maybe knew, so they, they maybe knew like a nurse in a specific ward, so they were doing hampers for that ward. But then it sort of just grew naturally, and then as, as we get more involved and we sort of gave it that organisation, and it just it, it evolved dramatically, and it did. It went across the full country. Because it wasn't just the NHS either. There was community centres getting helped out. There was everywhere. What was what the schools and 
wings with disabilities Aye, various and stuff like that. community was... groups. The, the full thing was, I mean, going back to the, the few guys that started this, uh, I mean, full credit to them, because oh, this this eventually turned into like one of the, the best things that we've been involved with, probably. I mean, I, I've got all the, the totals here listed, and just looking at the numbers of uh, not just like the total like uh, sum of money involved, but everything which was like purchased with it and where it went, and it's I mean it's it's pretty incredible. incredible and I mean that all started with, with a few guys, so like I, fair play I to think, them, I'll credit to them. I think as well, it's obviously horrible that you know it had to happen. Maybe not get into all that kind of stuff, but during that time where it was you know everybody's probably mental health's taking a battering and stuff as well we probably stuck in the house and you know worried and all, all the rest of it that everybody probably experienced but seeing you know that how incredible that was and obviously the bits that you'd seen online and you know being able to help out just probably brought a lot of sort of happiness and pride to everybody as well which was good and you you seen there mark that the the boys started off with just like hand sanitizers and I bought a bought a wine there, but hand sanitizers and chocolate and the drink to for people to relax kind of thing. But then it grew, then it? it wasn't just that. So then it was into the PPE. Aye. So people were getting gloves and masks and visors and supermarkets and stuff. Aye, I mean it. So it started with the hampers, but then the, as we as we were sort of handing out these hampers, a lot of the feedback we were getting from staff was that. Like this is obviously amazing. Like we're we're so grateful, yeah. but we've got X amount of patients in here. They're not allowed any visitors. They're not getting any of their basic toiletries in. Would Would you mind being able to? Obviously, if you're able to, yeah. start off offering them something. So it sort of moved from hampers into toiletries. Like the hampers were still going on, but not in the same scale. Yeah. So at the start, it was all hampers, but then it became kind of aye. So it became mostly toiletries for patients. So we were doing that like across the country at various different hospitals. And, and that's just a wee hanging on, but it shows you the kind of selflessness of the staff and the nurses ah, and the doctors and that, that they'll get, I know it's, known, it's nothing to them, know what I mean, but if they're getting these things and they've actually turned around and says, I these are well and good, but Aye, these punters are suffering, it's the patients, know yeah. what I mean? Just a wee hang, but it kind of shows you how, how yeah. these people think, know what I mean? And then it sort of evolved again, because as we were, uh, doing this, we were seeing firsthand. Plus, well, we weren't exactly seeing firsthand because we weren't on the wards, obviously. But we were like practicing social distancing as, as far as possible. So we would probably be hand handing over stuff like in car parks, or we'd be arranging to meet nurses or staff at their homes or somewhere away from the hospital, and then they would take it to the hospital. But we were hearing these firsthand stories of how drastic the PPE situation was. So then our attention changed to the PPE supplies. So, I mean, whilst this is uh, going on, we are running this uh, fundraising appeal in the background. So we were advertising it on the Twitter and, uh, like as ever, the Celtic support and, and probably other fans as well rallied around it and it was shooting up into the thousands. So because of that, we were in the position that we were able to purchase like X amount of stuff. various uh, PP supplies. So that became our next sort of focus. We got that in and we distributed that across the hospitals, care homes, etc. So, Mac, I was going to lead on there to ask you about, you know, specific kind of figures and giving everybody an idea or, or to ask you if, you if you knew or you had stuff, but as per usual, he's putting me and Tony to shame here. He's, I know he's got everything sitting down in front of him. Uh, do you want to give you everybody a kind of insight to where they're sort of more everybody? It was obviously brilliant, the amounts that was raised, but giving everybody a wee bit of transparency to how, where they went to, you know, specifically totals and different things like that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. So the final total of the, the money raised was £13,200. Twenty-seven and ten pence. Brilliant. And that's mad, isn't it? <laughs> I, I mean, I was just going to run on there. I was just kind of forgetting about the fact that it's a, a quality sum. But I suppose one thing that we're used to is doing these like charity 
like fundraising appeals for like the within Celtic support. Just them up all the time. I and then we see sums like that and we just move on and think aye. not not of it. But no, no, it is it's incredible. I, I would I don't know man. I think the Celtic support's probably the most charitable. Aye. My, I mean, it was, we kind of keep an eye on most of the things that you see abroad and people yeah. raising money, but for vast sums, it's, and, well, and they get a bad rep at times, oh, and especially the ones on the Twitter and the internet and all that. You look at some of the stuff and you go, for fuck's sake, but <laughs> when look, it comes to stuff like this, yeah. it's frightening. When you think about it, when did we play Lazio? November, wasn't it? November. Mm-hmm. Right, and off yeah. the back of that, we did a similar appeal which raised £14,000. Yep. Aye. And again, like we're using terms like we, but we're not putting that money in. We're just like facilitating it. We're just giving the platform out there and asking people I to mean, donate f- towards these causes. See, then it was only about four or five months later, and you're mm-hmm. going back into another fundraising. Ah, you're almost at another fourteen grand for a, a, a different cause. And obviously, at a time when a lot of people have lost their jobs right. or, or been furloughed. Yeah. So I, I mean. Great sum of money, and uh, thanks obviously to everybody who contributed. Definitely. And in terms of how that was spent, so I was touching upon how we started off doing the hampers. So in total, there were 493 hampers. We then moved on to do the toiletry batches. So we did 43 batches of toiletries. And when I'm saying batches of toiletries, what I mean is a, a shop. So yep. we were averaging around maybe £100 spent per shop. Right. And, and that would go to, that one batch would go to like a ward. So that's like 43 wards covered uh, with toiletries. For the PPE, there was 1,150 masks, 1,040 visors, 1,500 pairs of gloves, 20 litres of hand sanitizer. Sorry, I, I feel as if I'm reading like a shopping list here. <laughs> Six finger pulse oximeters. Is this what you were saying to the woman in Tesco when you, <laughs> <laughs> you needed? <laughs> if MD's wondering what a finger pulse oximeter is, apparently that was one of the most accurate ways to determine if somebody had COVID. Right. So we were told, we were specifically requested these oximeters uh, from six different hospitals. And there I would never thought would I get said on these podcasts as ox- oxometers. <laughs> I'm probably not even saying it right to be honest. Uh, oh, and also not forgetting there was 310 Easter eggs went out at Easter time to to the Wains like, who were involved with various like community groups or charities that we were helping. And it's a bad day when the punters in the group couldn't even steal one. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting starving, you can even blag an egg. Well, okay. shout out to Paul the Tim. He gets a a discount. So he did. So fair play to him. And in in terms of where the donations were spread to, in total there were 88 different beneficiaries. So there was 88 different places that those donations went to and that broke down to 25 hospitals of which 66 different wards or departments benefited. There were 40 care homes 22 community groups or community charities and one school. I think it's, it's important to note as well that, you know, we were touching on the likes of the ethos of the Celic support and rallying round, but obviously when you're mentioning there the amount of different hospitals and different places where all this stuff went to, it was, you know, up and down the country. So it was different boys, you know, for different areas of the country. It was not just group, you're talking like, North Cove guys, section guys for, you know, down Inverclyde way, all the way up Aberdeen boys going to their local, you know, hospitals and stuff yeah. like that and handing in batches. So it was no, that, that's a great point because one thing that we began to see was like kind of local Celtic supporter clubs. I just up. Aye, so, so they started doing their own stuff. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe what we were doing sort of inspired that, maybe, maybe it didn't, but it was great to see. And even we're talking about the country, but we actually gave £250 to fans supporting food banks. Right. So they are a Liverpool-based food bank organisation. I think it's like half Liverpool, half Everton right. or, or something like that. So the reason we gave them £250 was that they had specifically produced for us 5,000 visors. Right, okay. So the, the story behind that is that 
they became they started like producing these visors for like the local communities. They saw the work that we were doing in Glasgow. Plus, they've always sort of looked to the North Cove and, and yeah. Celtic. Uh, always sort of admired the Celtic support in general for like their charitable and like social ethos yeah. and stuff. So they had created or made these five thousand visors for us. They wanted to drive up to the border and for us to drive down to the border and do like, a big handover uh, thing with it. But what happened was they they messaged messaged us on Twitter. Nobody read the Twitter message, so we missed it. <laughs> And then you the border, no, not quite. So it was a it was a couple of days later that we picked it up. Right. But obviously at this time like, everything was so frantic, so nobody was gonna be sitting with five thousand right. visors when they could be going somewhere that needs them. Yeah. So what they'd done instead was they organised to distribute them to various other uh, like fan group food banks, like in the north of England. Right. So it was actually all over the, the press in the, the north of England. Uh, there was like MPs involved in it and stuff like that. They were they were driving around uh, different stadiums and passing on these uh, visors to all these different sort of local food banks. Yeah. But, but they were intended for us, but we were a bit slow in <laughs> receiving it. So in the end, we we gave them a two hundred and fifty pound donation just just as a as a thank you and to help them doing what they're doing. Well, I think it was. Kind of important for you, Mac, to kind of give a wee breakdown on all the figures, kind of thing, just so, so as you were saying, give about transparency and all that. I think uh, one of the for somebody that wasn't really involved in the NHS stuff, when you were flitting through and getting messages of different people regarding it, I think one of the best ones that we got was that the feedback that you were getting personally the nurses and the partners that worked in the hospital but then some of them were even sending letters yeah. and different stuff like that and one of them stuck on just sent a letter in and I think the boys stuck on the Twitter and it was basically along the lines of like thank for the generous donation and give us the goggles and she was just saying about how they were working all sorts of hours and but they wouldn't have it any other way and they were just saying that the goggles the, the stuff that we were giving them wasn't just going to keep them safe, yeah. but it was going to keep the punters safe and all. And for our, for somebody that's working all these long hours to kind of take the time out to fire something like that, I think it was just a for all the nice kind of gestures we were doing. I think that was something good for them. You know what I mean? Right. And you're just kind of going well to no hearing it for the horse's mouth, but right. for actually see the feedback like that. I think you just kind of proved that it was all kind of worthwhile. Aye, the, the, the full experience was totally humbling, I'd say. And it's just good that we're hopefully like past that stage now. Touch wood. Yeah. And things are getting better. So, sort of moving on from the kind of doom and gloom stuff that was happening uh, in the early weeks. We won the league mm -hmm. troops and I was actually going to move into the, the second thing being the sort of street sign action but then I'd be skipping over everything that happened when in the week that we pyrotechnic show that yeah. it's, it's been that kind of weird a time that you forget like there was kind of normal football things well I suppose it wasn't normal the way we won the league yeah. but there's so much other shit going on that uh, you forget about things like that definitely no it was uh, I just forgot about it I, I, think, I think it was just it was hard for us to how do you mark it because it's like it was right the weirdest fucking situation ever, wasn't it? Uh, like, obviously, nobody's just found me that before, and you've you've no go anything that you can like get influence for. Aye. Like, oh, how did X day up years and years ago when they won the league, and it was like new no. for everybody. You know what I mean? And again, was what we kind of mentioned earlier on, uh, even regarding even though we had the social distancing and stuff like that. And I think there was a wee bit of a debate regarding what we could do. I think it was important that we just didn't let it pass. And they, because you've got to kind of push yourself, you know what I mean? When, when the boys were saying about doing the, the nine with the flares. Well, if, if that was under normal circumstance, we'd obviously be in the stadium to mark it. And I don't think I'm kind of giving away any great secrets by saying that we were planning to do a, a full stadium display. Uh, to mark nine in a row because it was such a, a big occasion uh, so the fact that we, we couldn't do that and it was looking as if we couldn't do very much to mark such a massive occasion was uh, quite hard for us I suppose 
which is why we we were thinking, well, what can we do outside the stadium, which could be, I don't know, obviously not the same scale, but at least good enough to mark a uh, win the league. Yeah. Which is why uh, or how we sort of arrived at doing the the flares. Just, I mean, we almost. Aye. There was a bit of an internal debate it's about. Sort of right on that kind of timeline, of, you know, the the guidelines and stuff like that, that was getting sort of issued out a bit, you know, social distancing and stuff. So everything was getting debated at that point. But Aye, I we, it was we've touched on it before on these podcasts that how the group works. It, it's not as if one person or a few people just decide to go and do something. There's a lot of thought and discussion that goes into things. A lot of kind of back and forth arguing and then eh, like votes or yep. polls on, on stuff. And the the flares, given the, the time and the circumstances, that was that was similar. Yep. There was a lot of boys not entirely comfortable with us being involved in an action like that when it was technically still going against guidance in terms of avoiding unnecessary travel. But we felt, given the fact that we were doing it at the time we did it, we did it in the middle of the night, and we... All the measures that were, you know, the boys took as well. Aye, I mean, you, you, you see by the pictures, we, we were apart from each other. So, I mean, I think I think it was worthwhile, and there was there was nobody's lives put at, it was at one, risk by it. I think it was one of the ones as well, again, that I touched on earlier, about not just us, but the rest of the support, you know, Going through such a kind of hard time, probably personally, and then seeing aye, wee clips like that going like fire out on social media. Aye, aye, definitely. So I, after that, we obviously again, what the likes of social media and videos and clips and stuff of what we were up to was playing a, a big part in both the you know all of the NHS stuff and uh, the way that we marked the winning the league. Obviously, then played a big part in the reaction that we it was carried out about the street signs being changed in about Glasgow. Eh, Mike, do you want to sort of come in? Well, I suppose that all starts with the whole Black Lives Matter movement in America and what happened with, with George Floyd and everything sort of kicking off from yep. there. So I, as we were watching like, events unfold, then I think given our, our politics, we were unable to just sit back and watch that without trying to help in some way. And I think for us as a as a group, we we try and make things as sort of relevant to to us and our people, our supporters, as possible. Yeah. Uh, we like things to be. Don't know what word I'm looking for here, Tony. I'm, I'm looking right you. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know what you're saying. Like, relatable. Aye, I the, suppose. The, the, kind of, the the Black Lives Matter movement that you could all talk about the politics and all that, but the. There's clear links, like similar to the Palestine stuff. Yeah. There's kind of clear links with the situation that's happening with black people in America for 400 years or whatever yeah. it's been for in the discrimination that's happened to the Irish people that ultimately came to Scotland and started selling, you know what I mean? But I think it was kind of important when we were talking about doing something that it wasn't just a case of like a gimmicky, is that what you kind of word? Doing something Aye. for the sake of doing it, or jumping on a bandwagon. Or, I mean, you, you've got the links, you've got Frederick Douglass coming to Ireland, doing the tour of Ireland. You had um, Marcus Garvey, who, Marcus Garvey was a Jamaican who was just kind of the creator of pan Africanism. See the red, black, and green flag yeah. that you get? And he was influenced by. The situation he was influenced for the, the 1798 rebellion, the Robert Ebbets one in the early 1800s and different stuff like that. And there's actually talk of like, the green rep- represent it. Yeah. The people that think better, it's a kind of a lot of shit, you know what I mean? But that was one of the stories I made about. And I think he actually says something like that black people in America will know be free until people have actually spilled blood, like the Irish yeah. have spilled blood in Ireland. So, so there's, there's, you could talk for ages about links you had. Recently, you had the civil rights campaign. Who got their influence for the civil rights campaign yep. in, in America? You had Bernadette. Was, should have been Devlin or Mikowski at the time. 
when she went and got the key to New York, or go to the key to some city in America, I can't quite I think, think it was, it was New, New, New York. York. And she gave it to the Panthers. She gave it to the Panthers because she says basically they're suffering yeah. what we're suffering, you know what I mean? And, mm. and knocked back a lot of the uh, Irish-American money for that, do you know? Aye. Oh, well, she gave words to that effect. See, see it's, it's, it's weird without boring cunts. The kind of situation with Irish in America as well. A lot of Irish became Polish and stuff, and then you had the draft riots, yeah. which the Irish were kind of raging about the black people coming through the South and kind of taking the jobs and kind of some of the stuff that's happening now. Yeah. I mean, the cheaper labour and different stuff like that, you know what I mean? Instead, and instead of showing a solidarity, they kind of went the other way, you know what I mean? They tried to be seen as mere American. So the, the, that's, that's kind of strange in itself, you know what I mean? But there's some of stuff, when I was kind of growing up and you're reading about Bobby Sands, he was he was quoting people like Franz Fanon, who was, who wrote a book, The Wretched of the Earth, and it's like about fucking the people's struggles, different stuff like that, you know what I mean? And then Mumia Abu Jamal, who's in the jail, and he quotes Bobby Sands as influence. So there's all sorts of fucking crossovers. different crossovers there, you know what I mean? But, and that would be good for our links. But the kind of main mm-hmm. one that we spoke about earlier on, which the big fuck off elephant in the room, is the Glasgow's built on the transatlantic yeah. slave trade. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's the fucking. So that was basically us making it relatable to ourselves yeah. and like the people of, of Glasgow, really. Because I, I don't know about, about you guys, but I couldn't have rhymed off all those Glasgow streets oh, named after no, uh, slavers or uh, t- tobacco merchants. Yeah. I didn't know about that history. Uh, I dare say that a lot of people oh, would, would be in a, in a similar position. So it was an education for, for myself. Yeah. There'd been a, an education for most people. Aye, and it was job done straight away, you know, mm. that way. Aye, absolutely. And it, it's again, it's about taking that sort of universal issue, which is obviously sort of like inflamed in, a, in America at the moment, but making it relative yeah. to where to we see. are and in, in, a, in our own history. With the names as well that was chosen. With, uh, what street was it? Was it Dunlop Street? They got changed to... What that? Joseph Knight? Nah, was it Dunlop Street? Got I, changed I, can't, I can't remember what streets right. get named after. Uh, like, I can't remember where specific well, signs uh, went in then, uh, to be honest. But I even with the, the street names, I, I think that caused... Well, I wasn't involved in choosing any of it. I think it was the, the political group chose yeah. all the mm. names. But as far as I know, eh, that caused a bit of debate between themselves. And I, and I saw various people online criticising some of the names as well. Aye. Because they were saying, well, why not make it all after like Scottish yeah. eh, like civil rights Aye. leaders or, or whatever? Which is fair enough. But I think the, the sort of reason or logic behind the, the names was that it was a, a diverse spread. It was, because, as you say, it's a part of the debate online. Everything's debated today for the group. Yeah. And when people were saying, like, De Rosa Parks, some of were saying, like, no, De Claudette Colvin, who was the first lassie mm. who went on the bus, but they didn't pick her because, and she was a young lassie who was pregnant, and Rosa yeah, Parks was kind of middle-classy, or maybe something along the lines, you know what I mean? And then people were saying Martin Luther King, some of were going, well, Malcolm no, X. Malcolm <laughs> X. But she kind of shows you the difference, yeah. the extremities in the group, you know what I mean? Some people are more that way. And right. But uh, it's just striking a happy medium. Oh, I know. Isn't it? And, but I think by picking Joseph Knight, that made it relevant, because obviously... The Scottish roots. He, that was the Scottish roots in it. And there. also Sheku Bio, importantly. Yeah. Because that's, that's a more recent case. Which drew parallels with actually what happened yeah, in America. Yeah, exactly. And it's... And it's it's current to the extent that there's now a public inquiry due to take place. That would actually be a good thing if we get away for the kind of specific Green Brigade podcasts to do something like that. Definitely. You know what I mean? Having mm-hmm. something done for the campaign or something? Well, I, I think there are sort of conversations on the go mm-hmm. at the moment with uh, the, the bio campaign. So mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know, watch this space. There might I, be know, I know next thing, nothing about it. No, I mean, nah, I'm the bar, same. Bar the wee snippets that have been yeah. told. Although nice they, they showed there was a documentary uh, put on about about them, and I, I mean, it, I think the documentary actually dates back a few years. However, it was re-shown after we did the street sign action. It was similar to 
who's your man who, who did our voiceover? That's terrible, I can't remember his David name. Heyman. Aye. Aye, that's right. So he did a, a documentary series on Glasgow Street aye. names uh, in the whole uh, tobacco industry. So they actually re- re-showed that following the street signs. So it just showed you that through that small action that we did, it was creating conversation well, and it, awareness. It was the same as well that the... I don't know if the Wains... I didn't, certainly didn't get a taught, taught in school, you know what I mean? And I don't know if the Wains, if it was in any other kind of curriculum prior to it. Yeah. But I know that after it, my two Wains go right after in their schoolwork, you know what I mean? Right. The, that's a primary school and a secondary school. Yeah. So it's it's a hit. I know, <laughs> it's definitely. If, if, see if it's got schools yeah. talking about it. Maybe we would have spoke about it anyway. Uh, I don't know. No, I but I think, no, it, it, I think it, it, it was one of the big... The biggest actions at the time yeah. in the UK, can I? Aye. For, for considering the time it took us to do that, I mean, I think it had a, a good enough impact. There was, as I was saying, there was a lot of conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, on TV, on radio, all over the news, like Tony said about the, the schools, mm. well, some schools picked it up. I even heard that there's a, a new Barclays bank complex getting built at Clydeside. Apparently that was to be called Buchanan Wharf, whereas now it's just Barclays Wharf. I heard something about the, the Apple shop in Buchanan Street had perhaps dropped the Buchanan from its name. Right. I, I don't know if that's fact, and I'm not saying it's that's because of what we've done at all, but... claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but if, if we've just played a small part in making people more aware and just forcing that conversation out there. So, after doing the, the street sign action, um, I'm not sure if it was the next, I think it might have been that weekend that there was a demonstration in Glasgow Green yep. for the Black Lives Matter thing. And there wasn't many group there, obviously, for a host of reasons, people with the social distancing and different stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest things we as well was you didn't have to kind of not take all the way to sound like a fucking big heated. But if you turn up there, 70, 80 handed when it was, they our fight per se. Yeah. I mean, and that sounds bad, but you, you read so much about how all these white people in America are trying to tell all these all the black punters how to fight your campaign, this is what you should be doing, and yeah. you're going, no, no, your job is to fucking show a bit of solidarity. Aye. Your job is to take the lead for aim. Is I don't know, I can, an, an analogy you would kind of draw for it would be, no matter how well-meaning somebody would be, them coming to Faith an outside view coming to us and saying yes, we think you should lead this campaign for safe standing like this we think you should lead this campaign for fact like this and you're like well you'll know aye no, no I mean you're no fucking right inside that you don't know the ins and outs of the thing and, and that's the same as as, as white punters <laughs> we've maybe schemies we kind of know slightly the, the fear of the busies and yeah. you see a fucking a siren and you think maybe even slightly maybe with a football thing aye you see a copper motor in the street, you think we're going to get lifted. But these punters, they've got to tell their wings for 13, 14, you walk out that door, there's a, a chance that Busy's might fucking shoot you, there's a chance that you might be getting lifted. And a traffic offence, yeah. you might be doing five years here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we, we can't tell anybody yeah. hang around. And I think that was what was important with the group and all, that we just, we've only jumped in double fit. It's just it. that we show a just a solidarity thing. So when we went to the when I had the campaign in George, or the demonstration in Glasgow Green, sorry, I think it was a horn phaser. Yep. And that was just to kind of take it in, see what the crack was and all that. But obviously, the demonstrations in London and that was leading to some of the statues being... Yep. Well, I don't think... Statue it, uh, no, the statue in Bristol got pulled down, didn't it? I think that came after. Uh, but when, uh, did, when did the loyalists start going out in Joshua? Because that, that kind of led on to the... That came after the Glasgow Green aye, yeah. BLM demo. Because that would have been the kind of... the kick-off to... Yeah. I mean, I think it was already happening down south. You had these statue protectors out in force. Bristol got pulled over yeah. and got f- fucked out of the water. <laughs> and then I think that's when... What led to the loyalists went out. Churchill got... A wee bit of spray paint and that one, done it, didn't it? But aye, but like even get back to the the Glasgow Green eh, demo. I think any other situation there would have been a 
a good number of us mm. there. We, we would have turned out to support it, but, but like Tony was, was saying, we, we would never be turning up to things like that and try to sort of like lead it or, or influence it. We'd be just there to support in whatever way we could, if we could lend any sort of, I don't know, creativity or sort of expertise or whatever, then we would always try and do so, or just to show basic solidarity. But I mean, even myself, any any other time I'd have been there, but I chose not to go purely because of the the whole social distancing. I was a bit uncomfortable eh, just with the, the numbers meeting in the situation. Plus, I was also seeing some comments from the BAME community asking people not to go as well. So, I mean, it was sort of mixed mm. messages as well. So it was all a bit uncertain. So I, I wasn't that into attending that demo. But it was interesting how that demo then led to other demos. So, I mean, even that evening in George Square, you had loyalists out protecting the cenotaph yeah. from absolutely nobody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just crazy. They've just, they've created this what mythical fucking. Because they've got nothing else. Aye, that's it. But I think it's quite important on all that. See for all the media, the media parades that you have in London and all that, yeah. Churchill was getting bloated every year. Mm-hmm. Do you know mind all the pictures of him with the green Mohican put on him and this yeah. and, and it's been reg- kind of regular, but now that the Black Panthers are doing it and they're coming out, they protect statues now. So I think that kind of shows you. Exactly what they're having, they're trying to make up their own nah, it's, it's, I mean, it's just the right wing, it's, it's, there's no point in putting up any other way, it's just it's just right wing and then when that comes to Glasgow, it's not just right wing but it's but it's loyalists. I mean the, the whole uh, BLM movement, obviously, I mean it's, it's got its like central theme, but as that spreads like universally, all the different regions around the world, they're, they're all then going to have their own sort of knock-ons, their own sort of community impacts. And in Glasgow, you're seeing that with the loyalists, and you saw it in all its kind of grotesque fucking beauty, I suppose, when they then attacked. Asylum seekers. Aye, a a small demo organised by a a left-wing community group, uh, campaigning for rights for asylum seekers, which which they then attack because they associate that sort of being lefty and being inclusive. With being Fenians, yeah, do you know what I mean? That oh, they must be Celtic fans and they must be Fenians. They're takes. So, so they just they just make that grouping and and they attack it. Yeah. And I don't even think it was just that demonstration they got attacked. There was talk of the a couple of soup kitchens getting stuff through at them and all. And and you're you'd be here on it try uh, how young working class boys face loyalist boys, but they're working class boys regardless. Uh, how they're seeing these punters as the enemy, yeah. all purely because of their union, and they see them as to the left. I mean, who the fuck attacks a soup kitchen? Hondon at Hondon at soup and feeding homeless people. You know what I mean? But they see that as I don't know, fucking as, as, Max as said, a dependence right? on charity. I, yeah. I, I could even tell you. I, I, to it's it's, it's a just a different. Man. It's a different uh, mentality altogether. I mean, it's you, you can't even comprehend it, it's, it's, it's mad. So that kind of led us to your next action, Aye, so I mean, it up. keeps, it's like a knock-on, yep. isn't it? So that happened, that was the midweek, uh, there was the incident with asylum seekers, and... Apparently, the Green Brigade had been getting chased all during the tune, the Saturday and the Wednesday. Aye, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, we're obviously no strangers to like seeing or hearing our name getting bandied about, yeah. but I mean it's obviously bullshit. Okay. Uh, we we weren't like near George Square that night that the asylum seekers were attacked. We certainly did go out the next uh, the weekend following that, yeah. and we, we basically made like, a conscious decision based on what happened. Uh, we obviously saw uh, the scenes with the, the asylum seekers, and we thought we can't just kind of. Mm-hmm. Stand back and do nothing in our in our city, and again there was a bit of kind of debate and argument over that yeah. because people were still uncomfortable with the whole like it's mass gatherings stuff. and probably probably still would be, but I think we just thought that nah fuck, fuck that enough sort of fear, 
uh, we need to kind of go out and support this this demo, this rally, because obviously it being called it, again, it had nothing to do with us. We weren't exactly behind it, yeah. but we thought that if if we're a, a left wing group like we are, then we should be out there and uh, support it, which is exactly what we we did. So, folks, I think we're going to end this episode here. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to look to pick up where we sort of stopped here and have a couple of different guests on, possibly to speak about what happened at the, the demo in George Square. Uh, this sort of general behaviour of the police, their comments and the just kind of general policing of us as a group. Uh, we're also looking to maybe touch on some work that we've carried out with asylum seekers um, and maybe touch on some mental health awareness uh, and we'll hopefully even squeeze in some football chat now that we're, we're back pre-season and uh, no long to go now until the, the new season starts so I just a big thanks again for everybody for uh, tuning in because obviously as, as we touched on earlier on it's a bit of a wait until the next episode so uh, sorry, until that episode, so hopefully it'll not be too long until we're back with you. Um, so just, I hope everybody's keeping well uh, and enjoying enjoyed that episode there. And as I say, hopefully we'll be back with you soon. Cheers, guys.